Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, or COMPASS, is not affiliated with or endorsed by the Centers for Disease Control and or any other government agency. This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass in Fairfield, Connecticut. If you'd like more information about what you hear during today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. And while you're at the website, scroll on down to the radio section of the page. You can check out past shows. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, even Spotify. That's right, even Spotify. Wow, big time. Yeah. You're big time now. Yeah, so don't don't hesitate to reach out to us with questions or even to set up a face-to-face meeting or a, or a computer-to-computer face-to-face meeting. Uh, during our conversation today, we're going to chat about whether or not it's time to break up with your bank. Oh, and, snap. And how, to, and how to text them that you're going to do something. No. Uh, it, it, listen, if the answer to the question is yes, what services and tools you should expect from your new bank. Uh, But before we dive into some of the ideas for smoothly transitioning to a new bank, I am so pleased to introduce the man you've heard already, but let's introduce him, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, especially now that you let us know what the topic is for today, because normally you and I talk about that before the show, but today we got so excited. Yeah. We jumped in, so I was hoping you'd mention that. That's good. Now we're I talking know. a lot about music. <laughs> we were talking about okay. music as we as we are wont to do. Uh, music we, and comedy. We we do and music and comedy. We like stand up specials, and of course, you're a musician yourself and songwriter. Uh, a lot of our listeners may not know that, but uh, I was playing when I first c- called you via Skype. I was playing uh, Crosby, Stills and Nash, Southern Cross in the background yes. on my turntable. Yeah. And you started, picked up your guitar, started playing right along. I loved it. That was awesome. And then you and I started singing, and that's where the love ended. Uh, that's, yeah, that's where the pain <laughs> began and the love ended. And my, what a lovely singing voice I do have. Um, <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. So, no. um, so, but seriously, I've been good considering, you know, still the, doing the stay-at-home lockdown thing with the fam, but... We're all, you know, we can go to our separate corners during the day and get our work done. I have my home studio here in our basement. I love it. How about you? How have you been? Well, you know, I have a studio set up here at my place, too. And so um, a lot of times I do work remotely. I've kind of adopted that lifestyle a while back. Uh, I go to my main office every other week. But other than that, I work remotely from my where I live. And so I've been kind of used to that part. I got to tell you, there's a little piece that I like a lot more is that I have lunch with the kids every day now because they're here doing their schoolwork. And so there's somebody around that part's been nice. Uh, But, uh, you know, hopefully watching everything that's going on out there and kind of some of the despair people are falling into. I really hope this is over before too long. Uh, I think hopefully keeping our fingers crossed, we've seen the worst of what the 
virus is going to do at this point. I just hope we haven't seen the worst of the fallout from everything else. I, right. I hope I rather we have seen the worst of the fallout from everything else. You know, I got to say, before we even get onto this topic, some of the, I, I've been staying off social media as much as possible lately. Smart. Smart. Um, uh, just because, you know, I tune in just to see really, you know, if anybody I know needs anything other than that, I'm trying not to read like all just the fighting going on online. Uh, but I did see a, a banner headline the other day when I, I signed in and, uh, and somebody did it and they were, they were spouting out some financial information as a result of it. And it was Warren Buffett flees to cash. And I just want to touch on this. Don't, don't bite on every uh, financial oh. headline you're reading right now. Yeah. Warren Buffett flees to cash. They said he sold $30 million worth of Bank of New York stock. $30 million for Warren Buffett isn't even a sneeze. Yeah. Uh, you know, that may be $3,000 to or $300 to the average person because yeah, he's a multi-billionaire, one of the richest people in the country, and he's yeah, not Bert, fleeing to cash. I, I read an article that he's buying up all these other stocks. He probably used that money not to keep in cash, but he probably reinvested it in stocks that he felt were a good bargain right now. Well, yeah, there were a couple sales he made in the last couple of weeks and let, let, the total of it was 300 and some odd million dollars, right? Well, Berkshire Hathaway has 300 something billion dollars worth of yeah, capital. his company. Yeah. So it's one tenth of 1% of his, of his capital um, is what he did on these sales. And the, even the bank one, it, it dropped him from like 13% ownership to under 10. So now he doesn't even have the compliance nightmare. He didn't get rid of the stock as a whole. He reduced part of his position in it, and he doesn't have the compliance nightmare of being that level of owner in that bank. Yeah, the so, press likes please, to spin you, things. Yeah, it, it may be, it may never have been more important for you to reach out to your advisor uh, during these times before you overreact to the headlines people are trying to sell you. I just wanted to get that out of the way before we kind of got started on today's topic. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go out and sell one tenth of one percent of what you have in stocks. Go yeah. for it, yeah. right? Yeah, it, it, no, <laughs> nobody's writing a headline for you or or saying you're playing the cat. I love it. Well, and speaking of banks and Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett and Omaha, uh, it, is it time to break up with your bank? That's the question you posed uh, at the beginning of the show, and you know, I I'm guilty. I grumble about my bank from time to time, Matt, because. My wife and I, uh, her mother worked at the same little bank in this tiny town in Minnesota called Marine on St. Croix. It's called Security State Bank of Marine. Family-run bank throughout the years. My wife's family knew the family that ran it and worked for them, and Sarah would work for them every summer throughout high school and college. So that's still where we have our account, but we're starting to, you know, we complain once in a while because with the bigger banks, hey, there's tellers all over. This bank doesn't have tellers all over. And so I know we're going to dig into some of that, but um, when it comes to finding a new bank um, that, you know, might make you grumble a little less, what are some of the things we should be looking for? So, well, there's there's a kind of a healthy list that hopefully we'll get into some more detail before this is over today. And if not, we can touch on some more later or you can give us a call if you have any other questions. But there was an article at thebalance.com. When is it time to break up with your bank? There were six key questions they asked at all the people listening should probably consider if you're thinking about this. And they go in this order. What are you currently paying in fees? Do you want more modern features? Do you want to work with a bank you can be proud of? 
Do you want higher savings account interest rates? Do you want to simplify? And are you just ready for your change? Oh, okay. That's quite the list. And I'm already racking my brain to try to answer them for myself with our current bank. But for our audience, how about we start with a discussion about the fees? Uh, you mentioned that first. I, I know I'm paying some fees at my bank, but I'll, I'll be willing to bet that if I went through my statements, I'd discover I'm probably paying more than I thought. Well, and that's that could be. This, fees are part of life. That's for sure. The good news is this. Bank fees don't have to be significant. Let's start you know, with checking fees. Local banks, credit unions especially, they're a great place to try and find free or reduced fee checking because some of the smaller institutions often have free accounts even if you don't carry a very high balance. And when it comes to some of the well-known nationwide banks, there are sometimes some fee waivers, especially if you meet certain criteria. So there's one common waiver uh, is free or reduced maintenance charges if you sign up, say, for direct deposit or if you keep your balance above a certain threshold. That's not always possible for everyone. And for the especially tech savvy, there are some banks that are exclusively online, and those may offer free checking, free online bill pay, and mobile check depositing as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, those are great points. And now I'll definitely be going through the fine print on my bank account after today's show's done. So when it comes to fees, one that's always really bugged me, and I, I alluded to this earlier, ATM fees. Mm. It feels like I'm paying a fee to get access to my money. Well, yeah, I, I'm right with you on that one. I'll tell you, I don't, I, I don't remember the last time I used an ATM, quite honestly. But uh there, there's always, most of the time, there's always some kind of fee when you're using an ATM if your bank yeah. doesn't own it. There are ways to reduce some of those. Sometimes you could just ask your bank if they reimburse some or all ATM fees, and they may, but they may not if you don't ask. Uh, the, your best option uh, is open an account with a bank that's well-established in the place you live, work, and travel to. And so that way, there's if you are a heavy ATM user, you'll have more locations. Those automated teller machines will be around when you're using it. You can generally stick to using your own bank ATMs that way. That'll help you save some money. Now, at the last and my you know, personal stuff, I, I use a local credit union. And they're part of a huge nationwide ATM network. They call it shared branching. So I don't ever pay a fee. My wife, my kids don't ever pay fees if you use a credit union. And there's usually a credit union, not just as far as any other local bank. So that's another great way to lower some of those fees. Oh, that makes sense. Um, that's excellent advice. So here's another one for you, though. Savings account interest rates. Uh, what's a reasonable expectation? Um, yeah, those all almost went away. You know, I mean, yeah. at, at some point it felt like we were just paying the bank's yeah. money to keep I've, our money. I'll admit I've got nothing right now. So, yeah, uh, so I don't get yeah. it. I don't make anything. Yeah. And it's about nothing for most people. For If your savings account interest is at or near zero, it certainly doesn't hurt to shop around for some other banks. Let's, let's use a real number here. The, in the article, imagine another bank offers half a percent more than your current bank. You know, is that going to be enough to make you switch? Well, that half a percent doesn't mean a whole lot if your balance is generally pretty small. But say you have 10000 or more in your account, that extra half percent means already $50 a year. You know, free money is free money, and you might as well take full advantage of it. And you know, your regular cash in an account like that is more liquid. So I'm not talking about CDs or money markets. I'm talking about just straight savings and checking interest rates here. Right. And if you have big amounts of money, you might want to put them in something like uh, that's going to earn you a little more interest, right? Well, uh, I always 
like to think that I, you know, it makes more sense to always have your money working where there's going to be more interest. You always, you always have to take in your personal, as we always say, your personal unique situation. Maybe some people can let money sit in a CD for that nominal little bit more interest it's going to earn in a CD. Uh, it's not going to earn a lot more, but it's going to earn more than it's going to make in your savings account generally. Yeah. Uh, but, and the banks, let's, let's face it. A lot of banks push those real hard because they want you to keep their mo your money there. But if you have liquidity needs, CDs are not always a great place for them. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it depends on how much you have in there. I mean, a, a lot of us could probably make more as far as the interest we make in a regular savings account, I could make more just picking up pennies off the street yeah. uh, that I see in parking <laughs> lots and on the sidewalk. Um, you know, rummage through the couch once in a while. I'm like, hey, here's twice as much as I earned in interest this year. Yes, that that is that is possible. You put on a last year's winter jacket and you found more than you made in interest. <laughs> exactly. Wow, there's a whole dollar in this box. Uh, so, yeah. So. <laughs> That's a good one. But uh, if our listeners want to call you and set up a consultation to get a plan for their finances moving forward, um, you know, today we're talking about banks. It's just an interesting topic. And, uh, you know, some people might be curious, some things to look at. But overall, you need an overall financial plan, a retirement income plan. Look at your accounts, your 401ks, your IRAs. And you're offering a complimentary virtual consultation to do that. I know you've been talking to your clients virtually and over the phone, and you're willing to meet with our listeners as well. What number can they call to set that up? Uh, you can call 800-339-9252. So, you know, it's toll free anywhere in the country. Uh, and it's an easy way to get started. All right. And, you know, uh, this has been an eye-opening discussion. It's already convinced me that I need to weigh my current bank against other options. So what else do you have for us? Well, the next thing we want to think about, you know, we spend some time examining whether or not your bank's providing you with all the modern tools and technologies you need. And we live in a smartphone world, so it's super important we're able to access our banking info on our phones or from our tablets. Uh, as the article from TheBalance.com said, the you know, the when is it time to break up with your bank article, plainly tells us some banks are embracing utilizing the latest, greatest technologies in an effort to make our financial lives easier than ever. But there are some banks that aren't doing enough with tech. Well, yeah, and that's see, that's my point with my bank. They're they're mm. not up on all the tech. They're not uh, utilizing everything that some of the bigger banks are. And if you know, I think that's really important to look at what banks offer, isn't it? Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's some of the personal financial management tools they call them PFMs. They're designed to help consumers do things like track their spending habits, predict account activity. They're essentially the tools you need to better work towards your financial goals, especially if you're living without a plan in place. Our listeners should be aware too that some, some banks also allow customers to make their data shareable with third-party financial tools like Mint, Tiller, you know, others. So that can be helpful as well. Yeah, I, I use, my wife and I use uh, YNAB, You Need a Budget. Uh, that's mm. a good, that's a really good program. Thought I'd throw that one out there. So if your bank isn't providing you with the tools you want, basically, or they're blocking your ability to share your financial data with the apps you want to use, that might be a sign that you need to find a new bank, right? Absolutely. We're, we're a tech-driven society, so it's common sense that our financial institutions should be embracing technology as well. And listen, if you're not, if that's not the type of person you are, well, don't worry about this piece of it. But I think technology also ties in nicely with our next point, and that's simplification. You know, at one time or another during the banking process, I'm sure we've all asked ourselves, why can't this all be easier? 
ultimately your bank should be constantly striving to make your financial life as easy as possible. Yeah, exactly. So you're saying though that banking can be simple? Do tell. <laughs> well, Do tell. It, yeah, it really can. I promise, Tony, it can be. Look at it this way. If you choose a new bank, you have to reorganize all your finances to get prepared and a little extra organization. It's never a bad thing. If you're using more than one bank, which a lot of people do, finding one bank that provides all the tools and services you need will absolutely simplify your entire financial life. And let's not forget all those passwords. There's so many passwords. So finding that one bank that can do it all for you, especially if you're within the you know, FDIC limits there, then you're going to be okay. Well, that's that's right, man. And one bank account means one password, right? Yeah. Yeah. So episode's over. There you go. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Hey, no, but we have, we do have some more good stuff to get to before we do that. Now, have you ever wondered if your bank is a business you can be proud of, Tony? Yeah, and you probably are. The bank, if there's one bit problem you don't have with your bank, it's probably that. It's one yeah. you can be proud of. A lot of integrity. But, yeah, yeah the, you know, there's there's a lot of banks that make the news on a regular <laughs> That's basis. True. A That's lot true. of them, a lot of them have far-reaching financial advisory arms too. Uh, so you know, maybe you that aren't so always good between right. you and I. Yeah. You have to be careful. Yeah, they, there's a lot that make the news, and you know, I think they just always go on the "there's no such thing as bad press" concept. But it's amazing to me how some of these bigger banks are constantly getting in trouble for doing the wrong thing. Now, do you want to align yourself with a with a bank like that? You know, you're you're making them you're making them money. You're using their credit card. You're creating revenue for them. If your bank is acting ethically, that's one thing. Or is it in the news for all the wrong reasons? If your bank's ethics don't match your ethics, or you're simply no longer happy about being associated with them, you absolutely have the right to change your bank. A little research, you're almost assured of finding a bank that's going to do right by your wallet and your personal sense of right and wrong. And nothing forces a company to behave ethically like customers demanding it. Oh, exactly. Money talks. So mm -hmm. what do you have next for us? Well, once you've made the decision to change banks, there are things you can do to make the transition go a little smoother. We were talking earlier about choosing a bank that has a solid reputation, that behaves in a way that makes you feel comfortable. And later, we'll, we'll take a step-by-step -step checklist that can be tremendously valuable resources as you begin to switch your finances to that new account. Yeah, and this has been a great discussion. And just as a reminder, listeners, this is The Financial Compass with our host, Matthew Brunner, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. And let our listeners know real quick before we move on how they can get a hold of you for that complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. And you can do it virtually over the computer or over the phone. Yeah, you can. You can call us 800-339-9252. We can do it almost old school over the phone. Or you can get in touch with us online at compass-ltd.com. Uh, we have basically any, most every platform is that's necessary, you know, Skype and FaceTime, go to meetings, join uh, the, uh, the list is nearly endless. Uh, we don't need as many as we probably offer, but uh, we have a way to get in touch virtually with nearly anyone. And uh, it's just another great way to be able to get in touch with take advantage at no cost, no obligation, complimentary consultation. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. And so far today, we've been talking about checking account fees, ATM fees, interest rates for savings accounts, the importance of technology uh, and doing business with a bank that you think behaves ethically. All these points you've made so far, Matt, great points. And uh, before we went to break, you mentioned the importance of using a checklist before mm -hmm. you switch banks. Tell us more about that. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, TheBalance.com has an excellent user-friendly checklist called Switching Banks Checklist and Tips. The first item on the checklist is simple. Before you can switch, you need to choose a new bank to switch to. <laughs> uh, you know, it might, right. seem, it might seem oversimplified, but it makes sense, right? It may be a traditional bank, a credit union, or an online bank. So that's number one. Right. And I think that's really important. And choosing your new bank, that might seem like a simple thing, but I've thought about doing this before and looked into it. And as our conversation has shown, it does require attention to detail because there are so many options out there. So what does this checklist tell us about opening a new account? Well, it suggests three key things. Get a head start, supply any requested forms, and link to your old account. Getting a head start means opening your account at least a week or two before you make the switch because it can take as long as 10 business days sometimes to get your new checking card in the mail, things like that. While you're waiting for your new card, you can also set up your online account so it's ready to go as soon as you start using it. Get all those uh, automated payments you may want done already in place so you don't miss one next month. And then supply all the forms your new bank is requesting in a timely fashion so that the rollover isn't delayed. Uh, is, is set up that electronic link between your old and new accounts. It's the easiest way to move money back and forth to cover all your outstanding bills. And when you've paid everything you need to with your old account, you can just shut it off. Wow. Well, I've heard that some banks will even do some of the switching over for you. Is that true? A lot of them will. Uh, many of them will transfer your automatic payments and direct deposits for you. Like I said, you can do it yourself or if you find one that will do it, even better, right? And many will also tell your old bank to officially close your account so you don't even have to take care of that. If the bank you're moving to doesn't provide those services, they'll likely have what's commonly called a switch kit, and that walks you through preparing yourself for the move as well. Interesting. So what steps should our listeners out there take with their employer to make sure their paychecks don't go into the old account <laughs> that you're trying to close out. That's what's really stopped my wife and I from switching. Well, and you know, that's what makes you a great co-host, Tony, because that's a great critical question. Now, make sure you go to your company's human resource or the business department as soon as you open your new account. Make sure you have all your new account information for those folks so they can quickly get you squared away. And also, Check with your company about how long it might take for your checks to start appearing in your new account. It's not uncommon for some of those switches to take a couple of pay periods. And it's critical that listeners also remember to alert the managers of other income sources like you know, Social Security, pensions, annuities, investments, those other systematic payments about those changes as well. Yeah, that's a good reminder. I think most of us could easily forget about other sources of income when we're dealing with all the paperwork and necessary steps during a bank switchover for sure. And along those same lines, it's important to double check that your new account is linked to your other active accounts. Whether you have another checking or savings account at your new bank or you're maintaining an account at another bank, linking the accounts makes it easier for you to do one-time or regular transfers as you pay bills and set some various benchmarks for your overall financial goals as well. Another good point. In our conversation today, you know, listening to all this, it might make some people out there think that switching banks is going to be too much work to be worth it, but I think like so many other pieces of our financial lives, things you and I have talked about on the show, once you roll up your sleeves and get to work, you find it's often manageable if you do your homework. Hey, any job worth doing is worth doing well, right? Right. And uh, anyone switching over a bank account should expect a few mistakes or bumpy moments. That's why not closing your old account too quickly. Keeping a small amount of just-in-case money in that account is a pretty good idea. You know, Double-check your automatic payments. Make sure your company's sending your paycheck to your new bank. Follow that checklist, have a process, and then the process won't seem so daunting. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, you know what? As usual, the time has flown by. Our time is up for this week's show. Is there anything else you want to share with us before we go, Matt? Yeah, I sure wish these uh, stay-at-home orders and quarantine orders would fly by as quick as this show certainly seems to do every week. <laughs> Wouldn't it be uh, nice? It seems yeah. like it's been an entire year. It's yeah. It's, this year is. Uh, it's only April. I. It's so strange in some ways where it feels still so like it's some almost forty-eight hours in a way, but at the same time, it feels like it's been forty-eight months. Yeah. It's it, it, there's some things that seem like, didn't I just do that yesterday? The the sense of time in this whole thing is just is weird. Like the things I thought I just did yesterday were two weeks ago, but tomorrow seems like it's a year away. It's it's just such it's a strange. Yeah, it's just such a strange paradigm to be in time wise. But, uh, you know, the last thing I, I you, you hear me say it every week. There's a complimentary consultation. There's no cost. There's no obligation. But more importantly, if you have a, an advisor, you have a financial professional you're working with now, reach out, see, you know, ask them questions. Make sure those things that might be eaten at you, there's enough stress you're going through right now. Don't let that get at you. If your advisor can't answer those questions for you, give us a call. You know, we'll take the, I'll take the time and see what I can help you with. But uh, take care of yourself keep your stress as low as possible, get through this as healthy as possible so that we can just get all this stuff moving for everybody again. Yeah, I think that's really important. Thank you so much, Matt. And listeners, that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matthew Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.